buds, my pals, my friends, new friends, old friends, the lovely lady who runs Rose City Goods at Dundas West End Dufferin. I really like that shop. I go in a lot um, just to see what new bits and bobs they have. Is that how you say things? Bits and bobs? Uh they have beautiful pottery in there. They have really nice... Uh, they also sell uh, vintage furniture. I always like to go in and see what there is just in case, but it's always a bit too pricey for me, but maybe not for you. Check that place out. I love it. Welcome back to another episode of One More Round with your host, me, Trisha Black. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Oh boy, you are in for a really exciting episode today. I have the one... The only Selena Vile on the pod today. Oh, we talk everything how now getting older, we become a little bit more political. Uh, we talk a lot about soap operas. <laughs> uh, Selena's a huge Young and the Restless fan, and I'm a huge Days of Our Lives fan. We talk about how we met at Second City. We talk about comedy. We talk about her life in drag. Oh, it is wonderful. And we are going to get to that in just a second. Uh, how has everyone's week been? Oh my gosh, it's another week. Here we are, another Wednesday. The time just seems to be flying by. Uh, I don't know for you if you feel that, but I definitely feel like the time is just going by so fast and yet so slow at the same time. But we're already midway through August. That's crazy to me. Is everybody getting in their last minute vacations before, I guess, school starts, which school starting seems wild. It seems wild to me um, and it makes me a bit nervous, but hey, hopefully kids will wear their masks and wash their hands because that's what kids are good for, washing their hands a lot and not getting sick. <laughs> I went to a cottage this weekend. I went to a cottage this weekend. Jill is back from Calgary, so it's nice to have her back in the city with me. Uh, we went to a cottage that my cousin rented, my cousin Stephanie and her boyfriend Steve, and we went up with another couple, Aaron and Glenn. Aaron, I know, from back home, so it was so lovely. We had such a nice time. We ate lots of food. We played games, and we just relaxed. Honestly, I don't remember the last time where I just sat in a body of water. We were on a river called the Narrows, which I thought was really um, a nice touch because my family back home in New Brunswick is from Cambridge Narrows and we call it the Narrows. Uh, so that was really nice. And I just sat in the water. Jill and I sat on a, a floating like floaty bed thing for two hours and didn't realize we were there for two hours. It was wild. Uh, and just sat on the dock, read a bit, drank a lot. Uh, and just enjoyed ourselves. It was so sunny and so beautiful. Right up in Huntsville here in Ontario. It's such a nice little area. And on the way back, we stopped in Bracebridge and looked around the little shops that were there. Uh, it was really, really lovely and really, really needed. And then on Tuesday, which is today, the day that I am recording this intro, uh, Jill and I went to the Toronto Islands. That was the first time I went to the island. I had never been there before. Uh, and it was wonderful. It was so lovely. I'm always surprised by how beautiful a lot of the green spaces are here in the city. Uh, like Tommy Thompson Park, for example, is absolutely stunning. You can be there for hours or a whole day, really. Um, if you have a dog, no dogs are allowed at Tommy Thompson. But uh, you can go biking. Most people go biking. We went, we walked. Uh, so it was like a four-hour hike to the point at the end and back, but it was well worth it, to be honest. And we stopped along the way, but the island was so nice. We took a tiki taxi over. 
and we went to Center Island. We rented one of those quad cycles, uh, two-seater quad cycle, which was so fun. <laughs> uh, really got around, got to see a lot of the sights. We stopped and had a burger and beer. And then we took the ferry back, which was so uh, lovely and convenient. Uh, I had never been there, and it was gorgeous. When I walked in first, there was, like, fountains everywhere. I don't know what I expected. I guess I expected, like, Trinity Bellwoods, but on an island. Um, and not to say that Trinity Bellwoods isn't nice, but the island just, it looked majestic. Uh, and it was lovely, and we went out to the pier, and you could see Lake Ontario is huge lake ontario is a big lake and i always forget because i'm from the east coast so when we look out we see the ocean um but lake ontario kind of looks like an ocean because it's so vast uh which is which is wonderful and and honestly i love water being from the east coast water is my thing and i want to see more water i really really want to travel more i haven't traveled enough in my life and that is something that I vow to do before I die. Um, you know, you know the song by Blood, Sweat, and Tears? And when I die, and when I'm dead, dead and gone. Anytime I think about my death, that song comes up, which I don't know if it's morbid or not. But um, I love that song so very much. Blood, Sweat, and Tears, amazing Canadian band. I believe they're Canadian. I guess what I'm saying is I, I want to travel more. I want to go places. I, I'm dying to go to Ireland. I'm dying to go to the west coast of Canada. I've never been there. Uh, I really want to go to Nashville, New Orleans. I'd love to check out Italy and uh, Paris, Thailand. I'd love to go to Australia, um, but I, I feel like I would be nervous because of their crazy animal life. <laughs> I'm sure it's also beautiful, but they've got like that... That one thing that you, if you step on, you die right away. Uh, they have that huntsman spider, which is just I, I just never want to come across one of those. Uh, I, I, I think I would probably just faint. I would just drop dead. And I also feel like kangaroos would probably always want to pick a fight with me because I feel like here in Canada, hornets are what do that. Um, not to say that kangaroos are the hornets of Australia. I'm sure they have actual hornets that are. Jumanji size, uh, but I just feel like kangaroos are always looking to fight, and I feel like they just come up to me and be like, "Hi, bud," and I'm like, "Ah," and run away really fast. <laughs> but I want to travel, so if you have got any suggestions, please let me know. And hopefully, ooh, fingers crossed that in the next few years, this pandemic is over, and we're all healthy and well, and we can travel once again safely uh, without worry. I mean, obviously you have to worry when you go certain places, but, you know, at least not of a pandemic. Um, <laughs> uh, big news on the podcast. We now have a Patreon account. Oh, boy. And the reason why I'm bringing it up early on the pod is because I want to give a huge thank you to our first patron, Emily Milling. woo Huge bud. Uh, we really appreciate the support. The Patreon account really helps with, uh, you know, technology. It's a podcast, so we want to up our game a little bit, make it the perfect sounding pod for your ears. We want to build transcripts so that that's available for people. Uh, I, I'd also love to help make more sketches, online content, and things like that. Uh, that's what a Patreon account does. Uh, so, Emily, your support is greatly appreciated. And, folks, Emily also has a wonderful podcast called You Gotta Laugh. It's available wherever you get your pods. It's an improvised podcast, and it is very fun and very funny. So check that 
out. I'm very excited now to bring you to my sit down with the wonderful, the delightful Selena Vile. We're going to go to that now. She is a storyteller, comedian, singer, and dancer who is known for her political performances and social commentary. She has made a splash at festivals including Just for Laughs Montreal and Toronto Sketch Fest. A regular fixture on the Toronto drag scene, she's a go-to gal for hosting events and fundraisers. Her improvised cabarets, Broken Hearted Girl and Selena Live, draw sold-out crowds, and her weekly shows literally change lives and diapers. Give it up for Selena Vile, everyone! Nikki Mazzarella! And two people! Two! Two people, two human beings that I love and I adore. How are you, my sweet, sweet friend? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm doing good. The weather is beautiful these days. I'm really enjoying um, that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, a summer, super... I'm not a summer person. I'm a winter person, but I'm, I'm enjoying mm-hmm. nice weather right now. That's good. I find this summer has been hot, but we've had an equal amount of cooler summer days which have been really nice yeah it's been mild which i love hey don't you love starting off your podcast talking about the weather (laughs) i know right (laughs) just with like a good friend who like you don't have to do like small talk yeah but like i do like talking about the weather it's uh, i do too because you said you're a winter person see i'm a fall person oh i love fall that's right i'm a fall baby i was born in october so fall for sure I'm a um, summer baby. I was born in August, so it's... Uh, I was about to say I was born in Ottawa, so I'm used to the cold, but you're a New Brunswick person. Mm-hmm. So was, I'm used to the cold. Yeah. I was so out I in like, Moncton in 2008 in January oh for a gosh. wedding, and I remember going out onto the ocean, and it was frozen over. Like, I got to, like, walk on the ocean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. It's it's crazy. And, like, the the winters there are... I don't know how to describe them because they come off of the ocean. So the I find Toronto's like a bit of a dry yeah. winter where I guess it's wet out east. <laughs> yeah. Like I think in Toronto, it like gets into your bones kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And it like whips around because there's so many tall buildings and the tall buildings whip the wind around. Yes. And that's... You know, I just, that's why I like the fall. I like the fall because it's a mix of the summer, a mix of the winter, without all the gunk. A casual sweater, a light <laughs> scarf, and you're good to go. Yes. Halloween pumpkins. <laughs> Beautiful leaves. I'm honestly very excited for fall. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So the light snow that falls but doesn't stay. Yes. Oh, it's perfect. Oh my mm. gosh, we can dream. Only a few months away, and I'm sure we'll still be in quarantine. So. <laughs> Yeah, we will. We will. Are you in? You're in Ottawa right now, right? I'm currently in Ottawa. That's right. Currently in Ottawa, and you've been there. You've been there most of the summer. I mean, that's kind of nice to be at home. And it's nice, and it's horrible, right? Of course, Um, yes. Yeah, it's nice to like not have any responsibility and just like be able to like lay on the couch all day and do nothing. Mm. But it's unthinkable to see my family. That's also nice. But um, but. Yeah, being in close quarters with my parents because they live in an apartment. That's not fun. That's not fun at right, all. Right, yeah. It's not fun at all, though. No. <laughs> you need space. We all yeah. need our space. We all yeah. love our parents. We love them to death. But after a while, you do need space. Yeah. And especially if it's small, yeah. And you wrote, you recently wrote a beautiful article for CBC <gasps> that I made did. me, that I read and made me cry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I initially wanted to write that from like a com- like with a comedy voice and like make mm-hmm. it funny. 
but like I wrote it the day I left Ottawa because I, I came back to Toronto for about a month for Pride. And right. it was like the saddest day leaving my parents because it, it was just really sad. And so I like did not have any comedy in me to write. So I just wrote like the saddest little most depressing piece. But it wasn't, dep- it, I don't know. I, I found it like so beautifully written because it was Thank so you. truthful. Like I, I, I didn't read it and was like, wow, this is depressing like and maybe that's how you felt as you were writing it but I just thought it was such a beautiful truthful piece that um I just really enjoyed reading it and I felt like so many people could also relate to it like it was yeah. such a relatable which is such an unfortunate thing about you know yeah. our our queer community that a lot of uh queer folk face is is that going home you go back into the closet right yeah. and and that is that is sad and it's it's scary and but yeah, you just wrote so beautifully and you're just so lovely and everything you do is amazing and I'm just I'm so happy you're here. Aww, I really you. am. We met when did we meet? We met it was like 2013. Yes. We yep. when we started the um the musical conservatory program that no longer exists. Musical con that no longer exists. It lasted two terms. That's right. <laughs> we brought it down. <laughs> we did. We were the second and final uh, and final to graduate. <laughs> we had so much fun though in that class. I loved meeting you and doing musical comedy with you has been yeah. such a journey, the two of us doing that together. Yeah. I loved meeting you immediately. I especially appreciated like right off the top that A, you could sing. And beautifully, by the way, your voice is incredible. And then also that you play men. I love, because mm-hmm. I always play women. Like I always gravitate towards female characters and I loved mm-hmm. meeting, do you identify, you identify as a female, right? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You, you also, uh, are your pronouns also they, them? I think I saw online. Yeah, I'm going by like she, her, they, them right now, you know, yeah. figuring it all out, like trying to like, I don't, I don't know, for me, sometimes with like labels and things, I'm always yeah. like, I'm just Trish. And I, I feel like, yeah. I feel like some days I feel really feminine and then some days I don't. So it's like that that mix yeah. of like, there are days when I'm like, Ooh, I'm feeling fancy and fresh. Yeah. And then there's some days where I'm like, I just want to throw a baseball around. <laughs> Right. I feel like that's how like everyone is unless they grew up in like um, a situation where it was like, this is your heteronormativity. Mm-hmm. This is how a man must act. This is how a woman must act. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I think for me, I'm just kind of like, eh, I don't know. I'm still I'm just me. So yeah. and I'm 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 fully comfortable with she her. I think I was just like exploring and I've had a lot of lots of conversations with a lot of people being like, yeah, you can decide you can go by whatever you want. And I think that's yeah. the fear, the fear that you've ha- I've had for like a long time being like, well, if I don't go by one specific thing, people will judge me. <laughs> I know that's. I know it's getting to a point now, like at first I was like, what's with all these labels? And then I was like, no, labels are important. Like people want to be referred to as what they want to be referred to. But I'm kind of like, do we, does anybody know, like, do any of us know where we lie on the spectrum? Like we're all, all over the place, I think. I think so too. And I think that's why it is a spectrum because I think, I think a lot of people, I think what's been bred in our brains is that you have to land on one thing or another. Yeah. And what people don't realize is that, you know, we're all made up of different chromosomes. So we're, uh, some people are going to have more testosterone than estrogen or, or uh-huh. whatever. Uh-huh. And it's like some days you're going to feel like I just I do feel feminine or I feel more masculine. And I think I think as a society, we're tra- we're gravitating more towards that's why there are so many different labels now, because so many people are gravitating towards a more open 
uh, and jumping around that spectrum, which I think is beautiful and I think is yeah. really great. And I think people should be able to just be whoever they want to be and say they are whatever they want. And I'm trying to learn. I think I read an article that said there were 59 different types of gender. Actually, wow. Like, yeah. So it, it is really interesting because some people like when it, you think about gender, it's like who you're attracted to. And some people, mm. I guess, um, like are just attracted to the mind or some people are just attracted to specific things, which I, I find very interesting. And I'm like, good on you for knowing what you like. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Have you watched um, We're Here? No. Have what's you? that? Okay. No. So We're Here is like Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, but it's a drag queen. So it's with Bob the Ooh. Drag Queen, Eureka, and Shangela from Drag Race. Ooh. And they yeah. go to small towns and drag up um, some small town folk. And they go to like the really, really like... Um, conservative towns in America. Mm -hmm. And there's one where they're dragging up uh, a Native American performer. And they talk a lot about how in Native American culture, it's like, there was never just two genders. There's always Mm -hmm. been multiple genders. And um, that's kind of gotten lost in like mainstream society. And like, even within the Native community, it's kind of gotten lost. And like these queer Native kids in, in, um, in, I think I forget what town they were in, but you should watch that show. It's so good. I will. It's I think really I've heard beautiful. of it. I just think I just don't think I've I've had a chance to watch it yet. But that sounds incredible. And I've I've also done some reading on indigenous uh, queerness and like the two spirit. Yes, and it has it has been around even like so long before like our wonderful indigenous community has. And then when the the English came over, white men they brought homophobia with them being like no there's only two genders and then made them stop having like three different genders and it's like so upsetting because it's like oh my gosh they were they they were way ahead of the game even back then like it was Uh it was just accepted and welcomed and there's also like speaking of i guess i also read or saw a trailer for this new movie that is about how homosexual in the Bible was actually misinterpreted. And way back in the day when they were translating the Bible, Uh uh, apparently this student was like, hey, you have homosexual in here and that's not the right, that's not the right um, translation. Why do you have it? And it was like the church put it in the Bible. (gasps) So it's not even supposed to be in there. And like the trailer obviously doesn't give away what it's, what it actually means. So I'm excited to watch. I think it's called 1946 or something. Is Um, anyone famous in it? No, it's not. It's just like these people who are, who are, it's a, it's a documentary. Oh, so it's, yeah. So it's these people who have been trying hard to fight to get it changed. Yeah to the proper um, translation. Because then what happened is over the years, it started showing up in more and more different translations of the Bible. Like it was ne- it was only ever in one um, passage. And then all of uh-huh. a sudden over the years, it became more and more. And it was like, Jesus. I forget, it was like sacred. I forget what the word they used, but it was like basically, like it was like put in there to cause hate. Of course. The Bible is just a of big course. fiction anyway. Well, yeah, like a bunch of people <laughs> just wrote wrote down some ideas and yeah. things. Like, if you really think about what the Bible is, it's just a, a, a rule book to be like, hey, be nice to people. <laughs> Don't do bad things. Like, yeah. 
Like they're just a rule of thumb and then stories to help go along, but people take it so literally. Yeah. Yes. It's so frustrating. It's also crazy to see how far it goes back, how, how white people work so hard to persecute um, the gays, the blacks, like Mm -hmm. just to bring everybody down. It's so fucked. Well, and that's just like a fear-based culture, right? It's like, mm-hmm. well, we have to be the best of the best. And it's like, you know how what makes things work really well is when everybody works together to create a wonderful community and world. And Yes. But, but unfortunately, I guess in our our lifetime, I think that there, there unfortunately will always be a few people who hate. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's it's really unfortunate and it's, it's, I just, I think it's my mentality is so open to like loving everyone as long as, you know, and I think it's, it just, I don't understand when people aren't willing to educate, not even educate themselves, but be open-minded to be like, okay, I, I, maybe all I'm seeing is that this person is gay. So what else, but who else are they? Uh huh. You know? Uh-huh. And they don't want to be educated. They want to live in their in their bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm part of a Young and the Restless Facebook group yes. <laughs> where we give spoilers yes, and stuff. Yes, please. And like, Can we talk about I'm, Young and the Restless? I think we've talked about this before. But there, so there, there's a lesbian kid. They, they finally... So back, here's, a, here's a history of homosexuality please. in soap operas. Is back in the yes. 70s, Catherine mm-hmm. Chancellor, who was like this iconic character in Young and the Restless, had a lesbian storyline where like her friend fell in love with her and she fell in love with her back. And there was such a huge uproar. They had to abandon the storyline. And um, the head writer vowed never to explore a gay storyline again. Oh, my um, gosh. And it was never touched on again until um, until recently, until like four, three or four years ago. Um, one of the characters came out as gay and and is a, has a lesbian storyline with a girlfriend and everything and people are up in arms on this like why in our facebook group and it's oh all these like God. middle-aged like older senior women mm-hmm. and they're all against it and i love talking back to them because they're like the bible says this wrong i was like well the bible also says that if you don't wear your hair in braids and if you own property you're going to hell so like <laughs> <laughs> so kathy are you wearing braids <laughs> exactly do you like shrimp kathy because if you've ever had shrimp i have bad news for you oh my gosh that's insane but i i mean so you watch young and the restless i was a huge days of our lives fan of course yes there's always always one or the other huge i think it depends on what i don't know for me it was because my grandmother watched days of our lives yeah my mom was a yr girl yeah so i think it just depends on who in your family and what they watch i loved days of our lives i used to like tape it when I, know, I was in middle yeah. school and high school, every day I would tape it. And, I, and at that time, Days of Our Lives had like, all of a sudden they brought like Bo and Hope's son now was like 16. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, you know how kids jump in age? Yeah. In a they, year, they go, they go, they go from, from like, like five. five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a term for so, it. It's called SORAS. S-O-R-A-S. Um, soap Opera Rapid Aging Syndrome. <laughs> SORAS? <laughs> That's right. SORAS. Oh Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Oh Jesus. That's great. Oh, sore ass. That's, that's right, so baby. funny. You oh my god. Ass, yeah. You must have jumped in age. <laughs> but then didn't recently on days, and I think it was after I stopped watching, but I sometimes check in and every once in a while, like the other day I checked in to watch, and Allison Sweeney was on again, like a guest episode. I was like, Sam Samantha's back. 
Oh, I didn't know she had left. I I thought she had left. Maybe she didn't. I thought she I'm left sure for she a had, bit. She was hosting The Biggest Loser, right? She was yeah hosting, for like a long yeah. time. Yeah. Um. But didn't did her and Lucas's son, uh, Will? He's gay, right? On Disney yeah. So Lives? yeah. So every soap opera now has a gay character. Well, they must. Yes, they have to. They better. <laughs> they have to. I think. <laughs> we, I I think I would do a soap opera. Would you do a soap opera? A hundred percent. It is the best job because you get to act every single day um mm-hmm. you're you work regular hours you come in in the morning you're done by the afternoon and um and you're you're at a level of famous where like people know who you are but not everybody knows who you are so you still get right. fan mail you still can get stopped on the street but your fans aren't probably going to be crazy yes that's the same i think that's i i always find soap opera actors to be very impressive because i'm i'm like they're shooting like two, like how how many episodes do they shoot in advance? Like, do they shoot a week before, or is it the day? No, they're, like they shoot before? like six weeks in advance. Actually, oh, okay. Days of Our Lives is the only soap opera that didn't go off the air during COVID because they had filmed enough episodes that by the time oh. they went back into because they're back in production now. Um, right. But by, by the time they went back into production, they were all going to take a vacation anyway. They were ready to take the whole summer off. Which they never Crazy. do. Yeah. That's awesome. Good for them. Because I feel like you're doing so much. Like, if you think about it, you're doing five episodes a week. Uh-huh. 52, right? 52 weeks a year. Like, almost every week. That's insane. That's yeah. a lot of acting. There must I be know. decent money in that, too. Oh, there's good money. Some of them are millionaires. Um, it depends on, like, what level you're at, how long you've been on the show, mm-hmm. how recurring your character is. Because right. each show has about like a cast of like forty or fifty. Crazy. Yeah. Right. That's insane. I I I do want to like. There's no Canadian soap operas, are there? Like like there soap operas. There was oh. one called Riverdale, and it was about a mall, I think. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and do you remember Metropia? Did you ever watch Metropia? No. What is Metropia? Oh, so that was on Omni One. So I think it was like specifically a Toronto show. And okay, crazy. It was it was about like people who lived and worked in the underground tunnel, basically. So like all the buildings were connected through the underground, right? Um, to like the path, and everywhere they worked was like in the path. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so fun! Also, yeah. I feel like the path is a great, and nobody steal this idea, but I feel like the path would be a great um, horror movie. <laughs> oh, for sure. Like another like something happens above ground and everybody has to go to the Toronto path tunnels. <laughs> oh yeah. That's wild. Did you ever yeah, see I'm the gonna... movie way downtown? No, it's a Canadian movie that? with Fabrizio Filippo who played Izzy's older brother on. Um... Oh, I know Fabrizio. Yes. I used to see yes. him all the time at um, a coffee shop on Ozing, like on Bloor and like Ozington area. Oh, he's I so always sexy. used to run into him. Really? Like that's, physically? I... <laughs> you like push him over like yeah i'm like excuse me busy's older brother <laughs> oh i love him he's so sexy but he was in this movie called way downtown it was set in mm-hmm. calgary and they have an underground path and it was him and his friends from work who made a pact to see who could last the longest without ever going outside whoa that sounds like a cool movie <laughs> it was it was fun it was, it's a kind of a comedy it's, it was a good movie yeah I have to watch more Canadian content. I I went through a big phase when I was in university because I studied a Canadian history like film class uh-huh. and it was really great so I went through watching a lot of old Canadian films but I feel like I'm I I'm still behind and I'm a part of yeah. me is like I need to support 
Canadian content more. I know. Like, make an effort to actually support, like, Canadian content, Canadian artists, like, people mm-hmm. who are in our country doing amazing work, especially now during COVID. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah, know Shirley Nome? No. I perform her music all the time. So, in 2001, okay. I was in film school, and I was, like, 20. She was 18. And... Mm-hmm. We became really good friends and then we both ended up like leaving film school and going into comedy. And so she's a comedy singer and she tours fringes and she has albums. So you should listen to her music because she her music is fucking hilarious, but her voice is incredible. So she's like, she does oh. kind of like what you do. And right. I think you should listen to her music because I've always pushed you to write an album, I think. I pushed you to like try and do a live <laughs> album at least. Because you have a I lot know, of songs. I'm- I know. I'm trying really hard. I think I'm going to apply for a grant. I think it's going to happen. I'm. I want to make at least an EP of the yeah. stuff that I have now. I you and like you are the one of the number one people that are like make an album. Yeah. <laughs> and I go. I will. I will. I promise. So I think it's going to happen. I. I would like to try to do it by the end of this year, early next year. That's get good. something going. Yeah. Even just like four or five songs, but you're such a wonderful singer too. You have such a beautiful, like strong voice. I do I don't think I'm a great singer, but I think there's a voice there. <laughs> Stop that! You can sing. I've sung with you a bunch. I know. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I have like imposter syndrome where I'm like, I'm not like super trained. And I have like a very character voice. So I wouldn't like, I don't love calling myself a singer, but I do for like optics. I'm like, right. I do it all. Okay. I see the but like, literally, but you do. Everything you I- do. <laughs> like, <laughs> look, I'm telling you right now, I've worked with you a bunch and I've watched uh, you perform for so long. You do. You can sing and you can dance and you do it all. Mm, it's incredible. Thanks, especially. Chase. But even especially now, I find with Selena Vile mm-hmm. and and when she came onto the scene, I feel like brought out a, a, a new side of you that just was so wonderful to watch morph and grow and bloom into this incredible, um, beautiful performer. Like you're doing so much amazing um like just everything you do as and Selena does to me, I'm always so impressed by. Aww, like I you. like like your your videos that you've been doing where you're lip syncing. I love mm-hmm. that you do you take serious songs. Like when you did the joke, I I mean Brandy Carlisle obviously yes. is one of my favorite singers of all time, but you do these like beautiful delicate performances that I feel like sometimes with certain drags not always because i i do i do have such a huge appreciation for drag culture and for everything that that they they do and uh-huh. then, but there's something about you that just adds a little extra to it like you are political too in your performances which i yeah. like i love i remember the first time I think the first time that I watched you as Selena where you were performing by yourself and it was it was a drag show at the Wonder Gallery. Oh yeah, and the Super Wonder Gallery. Yeah, with Vicky Licks and House mm-hmm. of Licks. And you did a number that was a mix of dialogue from um, One Day at a Time. Is that the yes. show? And yes. uh, a song from In the Heights. And yes. I remember watching that and being like, oh my God gosh this is beautiful because it felt like it felt like a like the thing the stuff you do feels like a theater like a theater piece when you perform right I okay what I love most about drag and it's everything you're saying is that like I have so many um 
areas of interest. Like I love musical mm-hmm. theater. I love comedy. I love being political. Like I love all these different things. I love dance. Um, drag is, I've discovered is this incredible forum where everything goes. Like you can mm-hmm. take every single skill you have and everything applies. You're editing videos, you're editing music, you're, mm-hmm. um, you're creating narratives, you're a writer, you're a makeup artist, you're a hair designer, you're a stylist, you're a dancer, you're a singer, you're political. Like it's like yeah. literally everything in one. And I think that's why you're seeing so much from me like that. Cause like, I never got to do all of those things as Nikki, mm-hmm. like, and every time I did, like, they were all so separate. Like my dance classes were so separate from my comedy life, which was so separate from like my personal beliefs. Yeah. And then like now Selena is everything and she like does it all at once. And I like, that's what I love so much about being a drag queen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that is tr- so true because you can in this, I guess, I don't know. Is it a persona? Is that how you would yeah. describe? Yeah. yeah, sure. In this, like, I guess, I don't know. Yeah. I just love Selena. I think she's so funny and talented. Yeah. And uh, I mean, obviously, I love you because it's you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I guess it, that is what's so lovely about doing drag is that you can put everything together and do everything and figure out how you can include it all into one performance which is so amazing and also just watching you like your growth too and like how how you started and then doing like extravaganza together extravaganza eleganza and then now to where you are now and like your look and everything is so stunning I love that you you have like Selena has the beard now Uh it just like it just looks it looks I don't know I'm just so proud of you I think Thank you. Thank you. And you know what? I'm proud of myself. Like I've grown so much as an individual. Mm -hmm. I was never this political before. And then like now, I don't know. I just feel like I've really come into my power through Selena. Yeah. 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 And how how did you, how did you find Selena? Like how, what was your, what was the process? I guess like did just one day it clicked or. Um, you mean, how did I like start drag or how did like Selena come into her? who she is is now I guess I guess what I'm trying to yeah how did Selena come to who she is now Um, because you went because you started your drag I I believe the first time I saw you was the um show that Aaron Conway does yes that's where she premiered for sure yeah yes um that's where that's where Selena premiered that is uh yeah so like basically I did that competition I did it like uh the diva cup is what it was called Um, yeah it was diva cup yeah Yeah, I did it the first year, which, like, for anybody who doesn't know, that was um, a show, a comedy show, where they took comedians and put them in drag for the very first time, and everybody did a number. And so Mm -hmm. I decided to do it because I was like, hey, why not pretend to be a drag queen for a day? And even then, my first number was political. It was uh, a piece about feminism and, um, and, like, women owning their sexuality, and so mm-hmm. I did a mix for that one. My drag name was Blue Barrymore. And Vicky, <laughs> Vicky Licks, who became my drag mother, was hosting that. And she was like, bitch, that was really good. Like, you need to be a drag queen for real. And I was like, now! And then it took her a year uh, to convince me. And so I did the Diva Cup again the next year as Selena Vile. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, she's always had, like, I've always had that interest in um, being, like, playing... My fe- to find my femininity mm-hmm. uh, 
And so, yeah, I guess I kind of like wasn't sure where Selena would land in the drag world. And then I just discovered quickly that she doesn't belong in the gay village because it's very top 40. It's very Mm -hmm. like, if you're not doing Ariana Grande, they're not listening to you. And I like to do not top 40. I like to do like, um, you know, I like to do Broadway. I like to do pieces that make people think. And mm-hmm. that's not the place for it. So no, <laughs> I, I had to. I had to like really find other venues that would accept me. And like the Toronto West End is very that. Mm-hmm. Like it's very um, in tune with my style. So like through working with Vicky and through doing stuff in the West End, I really like developed Selena's voice. Yeah, that's so funny. It's so interesting that you know you can have like the village which Mm -hmm. is supposed to be where all queer folk are welcome and, like, you're supposed to be safe there. But then at the same time, like, because for me, I never feel super comfortable going to the village. Uh I don't know. It's just, like, not... I hear that a lot. It's just not... Like you said, it's all top 40. It's, like, this party culture that sometimes I just want to go see a drag show that isn't just lip syncing and dancing. And I think that's so impressive and wonderful, but there's something about putting on a show that feels like going to the beaver or something. Right. Mm -hmm. And, or glad or Gladstone or, or, you know, for breakfast, or is it Gladstone? Yeah. For breakfast. Yeah. Gladstone brunch. Yeah. Yeah. Like going there is such the Queens that perform there put on like this show that you just feel like you're a part of it. And it doesn't feel like, almost like forced, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and like the people are more like it's, it feels more queer there. So I, I just, yeah. I don't know. If, Even like, though the audiences there are generally more straight. Mm-hmm. I know, yeah. but it does feel, it does feel more like queer friendly, I guess. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. And I wonder what that is, or I wonder if it was always like that or if just the village has changed in the last few years because I of where know. it's situated. No, I think the village has always been like that. And I think that's the problem is that like old habits die hard in the village. Yeah. 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 Because I went to New York um, a couple years ago and Mm -hmm. I had never been to the village there. Mm -hmm. And so I went by myself and I went to, uh, yeah, it was really fun. I went to Stonewall Inn. They had a drag, uh, they had drag bingo. (laughs) So I played drag bingo and had a couple beers by myself. And then there's, um, yeah, it was so nice. And then I went to this musical theater bar where just... Marie's Crisis. Yes, that's exactly where I went. I went there yeah. first and then I hopped over to Stonewall and then I went back. My experience there felt really lovely and felt very, like, welcoming. Yeah. But I don't know if that's because it's a New York village or, like, it's so big. Yeah. I don't know. Marie's Crisis is amazing because it's, like, everybody's gathering around and singing sing-along songs together. You're, yeah. like, singing an oh, entire so musical fun. together. Oh, it's yeah. so fun. And you just, yeah, you it's, oh gosh, it was lovely. I love New York. I love New York so much. I know. I, know. I think all the time about getting my visa and moving there, but at the same time, I don't want to live in the States. No, I don't think anyone does right now anyway. I yeah. don't think, I think we need to wait till the election and. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And until COVID is maybe at least a bit safer down there. But I feel like you would do super well in New York. I think so too. I think I would do better in New York than I do here. Mm-hmm. I think I think so too. I just I think that's only because New York's scene is much more. I feel like it's less top forty because it's New York. It it's is. like Broadway. You it know, is. You like everybody's performing Broadway. Broadway. Yeah, yeah. That's what I love. Everyone's singing about. Ethel Merman. Like mm-hmm. it's 
It's incredible. And, and I they wish- get the references. Like you can do an obscure mm-hmm. musical here and, and like one person will be like, oh my God, I can't believe you did the women on the verge of, of a nervous breakdown. But then like <laughs> you go to New York and like everybody's singing along. Everybody knows. Yeah. That. I wonder if there's a, a niche for that here in Toronto of like starting like a, a place like that, if it would do well. Yeah. I've thought about it. Um, I mean, there's, do you know, you know, singular sensation you've sung there before, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. I haven't so sung like, there, but I know it. I don't think oh. I've sung there. Maybe I have. I don't know. <laughs> I know of it. I've gone there a few times. Because I know Songbuster has been invited to perform there before. So I assume that you um, or like well, at least maybe gone we on did. Um, I love it anyway, either way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So there is like ish a niche like that show does well. But like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I find the queer community in Toronto is very finicky. Yeah, I it, like, and I think that is because it's Toronto. It feels more top forty, I guess, which is great. And I think, you know, if people have found their place in the city, that's awesome. And you know, yeah. I I salute the people who like to go to cruise and tangos and all of those spots. Like I've been there too. It can be fun. Like if you want to go, especially cruise and tango when they have karaoke. Karaoke is fun in the back room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It is fun. I do love it there. And my friend Beyonce started performing there and she's a spooky queen which like they don't normally Ooh. have at um at cruise and tangos but they've asked her to host karaoke before covid so like for a few months she had a sweet gig there and then now it's gone oh that's too bad i love a spooky queen that's fun yeah, <laughs> yeah. i love horror so i gotta check them out <laughs> oh you'd love seance Oh my goodness gracious. Are you performing? Do you, are you, are you performing a lot? Like, are you doing lots of shows during COVID or were you, or are you kind of taking a break or? Uh, I was during pride. Um, right. I can't, I can't really do drag at home because yeah, I'm in the closet. Of course. Uh, so, and also there's no space for it. So mm. uh, when I went home during pride, I had a bunch of pride gigs and I was doing online shows, a weekly show online on Twitch. Um, mm-hmm. But now that I'm back home, I'm taking the summer off and like, gladly like I'm very I wish I was performing but I also am very happy to rest for once in my life yes of course I feel like you were busting your butt for so long that I feel like we all deserve a bit of a break even though it's an unfortunate break because it's a global pandemic but you know at the same time kind of got to take the positives with the negatives I guess (laughs) yeah yeah like we have to like as artists like we don't have a steady gig so any gig you get that comes your way you got to take so Mm -hmm. like I was taking literally anything that I could yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, crazy. Are, are you, do you, do you, I don't know what the question I was going to ask was, but well, we did extravaganza <laughs> eleganza together yeah. is what I was, what I'm saying is, um, I'm going to take that back. Cause I keep fucking that up. We did extravaganza eleganza <laughs> together. We sure did. And that was so fun. Canadian comedy award winning show. I know. Look at and that was, <laughs> I know. Right. Look at us. We won Canadian us. comedy awards. Yeah, queer, this little queer. Comedians, it's good and for us. And you also won know? with She the People. You won Best Ensemble. I, yeah, <laughs> we did. That was a bit. That was a good year. It was a good year, and both shows were incredible and and uh, important shows. Um, but I love doing Extravaganza with you. Your your big number, like if, for people who didn't see Extravaganza, well, you really missed out um, <laughs> because Selena did this. In, I mean, not only was the show just really wonderful and beautiful and touching and directed so well by Kirsten Rasmussen, but. Um, the numbers were so amazing. And you and Tom did a, this beautiful scene too about um, being with somebody who isn't okay with you being in drag. Yeah. 
And and you said that was was that based on a true story? Hundred uh, percent. I wrote it Jeez. because my ex was really not comfortable dating a drag queen. Wow, it was rough. It was rough. That is that is hard. And I guess I guess again because I'm so my brain doesn't go there thinking about that. I'm like, mm. what what is in somebody's brain that is so fearful? for someone just expressing their feminine side that yeah. it like, like there's, there's so much misogyny even within the gay community. Yeah, there really, there really is. And I mean, it's, it, it's even true. Like as a queer woman having like, I, I don't know. I was standing outside a bar one time and a guy just called me a dyke, like a gay man for no reason. Oh, come on. I was like, excuse me, sir. You don't know me. <laughs> I'm yeah. far from that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm soft. <laughs> Look at me. You're a fucking asshole. <laughs> but it is true. Like it, it's so interesting thinking of like through history of like queerness too, and that fear of, you know, if men show their feminine side, it's seen as like even like you said, misogynist, like misogynistic in the community. It's so uh-huh. crazy to me that you can have a community that's supposed to, that wants to be accepted by everybody, but then within that community doesn't actually accept everybody. Yeah. And let me tell you, it's not just gay men. It, drag queens too are misogynistic. There's mm-hmm. a conversation right now where, um, I mean, like there's no trans women allowed on RuPaul's Drag Race. And Which is anybody, ridiculous. Get out of I here. I know. And anybody who's like, well, they've let trans women on before. And I'm like, no, no, no. Those women came out once they were on the show. Yes. And also if they were trans when they got on the show, the rule is they're not allowed to be pre They're not allowed to be post-transition. So they're not allowed to have breasts. They're not allowed to be Ugh. on their hormones. So like Peppermint had Th- to stop her hormones and go on before oh. she had her top surgery. That's ridiculous. Isn't that See, to me, up? that is fucked up. And it, it is like, I, 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 I'm speechless because I truly don't understand it. I'm yeah. like, also like drag culture is supposed to be about empowering your feminine side uh-huh. and it came from like didn't it i mean i could be have my history wrong but it came to from wanting to empower women too right or like not empower women but there's a lot of different areas of like how drag started but like yeah like at the crux of it um it's embracing your feminine side and like, I mean like trans women basically started the pride revolution. So like, yes, why are we excluding them from the conversation? Exactly. And, and even, even, even bio queens or hyper queens or however they like to be called. I know everybody has a different um, uh, thought on the word for it, but like, like, um, be, like cis women who do drag, they're also mm-hmm. excluded. They're like, and it's, it's, it's drag queens, like male cis drag queens as well, who are like, who, like to put down female drag queens who like to put down trans women uh, as drag queens. Um, yeah. And it's so frustrating. That, it is. It is so frustrating and it's so shocking. And also like, if you think about drag Kings too, like I feel mm-hmm. a lot of times that they're not welcome and I'm like, well, okay. So yeah, you, get get, you get to like, it's, it's, it's such an interesting thing. Cause sometimes you're like, okay, I understand that you want to, show off your, like, you want to um, be proud and show your feminine side by doing drag, so why can't a queer woman be proud and show her masculine side by doing drag, right? And it's, it is, it is that, like, misogynistic side, and I don't know if it's, I, I, like, again, like, I 
feel like it's such a strange thing to me that it's so foreign because I go, why can't everybody just do it? Uh-huh. I go, what's the difference? Also, I'm like, it's ball, like, because I learned a lot about ball culture recently too. And it's like uh-huh. a lot of the black trans community, that's why they did this because they weren't welcome in yes, the queer exactly. communities. So it's exactly. like. The ballroom started because um, I think Crystal LaBeja was one of the first ones mm-hmm. to start after she just mm-hmm. kept losing pageant after pageant that she should have been winning. Um, yeah. Losing to like small little white women. Exactly. And you're like this, yeah. everyone pay attention and remember where things come from. And, you know, remember the reason why things start. Like it is so shocking to me because I'm like, we should all be lifting each other up and supporting each other, you know, like taking mm-hmm. care of each other. Because we want the rest of the world to take care of us. So if we have infighting of any kind, they're going to use that against us. That's right. And that's why I think Republicans and like the conservatives are so strong is because they have one belief and it's Mm -hmm. us against them. And it's like, whereas in our community, it's like the left side, it's very us against them, but also us against each other. Because there's always subgroups of people who are trying to there's always marginalization yes. within, our, uh, within our side, I find. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is, it is, it is, a, it is crazy to think. Like, we need to all disagree wild. that we're all equal and work for each other. Yes, and who cares who wants to fucking do drag? Let's all support each other and realize that people want to uh, uplift this art form, you know, like, and want to be a part of the world. Like, I don't know. That's just how I feel. And it is frustrating that you can't have, tra- like, that's awful. Do you think that's why I heard I heard that RuPaul isn't coming back for the next season? So I don't know if it's true. Oh. No one's confirmed it. Um, rumor is that they're in production right now, but no mm-hmm. one has confirmed whether or not RuPaul is there. I think she's there. Like, I think RuPaul is still there. Right. Um, but RuPaul has, like, completely gotten rid of her or his... Um, social media so like no more twitter no more Hmm. instagram and i read an article yesterday that was like people are saying it's because he's afraid of saying the wrong thing because he knows people are going to attack him no matter what he says this whole like because like when black lives matter came out he didn't say anything and then he wiped out his his social media so people are thinking that like he's just like afraid to speak now because every time he does we're like no you idiot like don't tell us you're fracking and don't tell us black or trans women are allowed on your show (laughs) i know it's like you're supposed to be the like i mean and that's what that's what sucks about having any kind of idol or anyone who stands Uh who we put on a pedestal to represent like they like you think about rupaul or you think about ellen you're like they actually don't represent the entire community so that's why ellen gets in trouble when she was like on like to um oh who's the the comedian who had horrible queer jokes kevin hart when she's like, say, that could be a lot of people. <laughs> I think it was Kevin Hart, and she yeah, was like, was. Uh, she was like, on behalf of the queer community, we forgive you. And it's like, you can't. No, yeah, you, don't, you don't speak for us, bitch. Like, you don't speak for us, Ellen. Like, I think these people need yes. to be respected for for being trailblazers. Absolutely. Like, Ellen took a lot of heat for coming out. Mm-hmm. RuPaul took a lot of heat for being a dra- like a, a famous drag queen. Mm-hmm. Um, but they need they still need to be held accountable for their actions yes. now. Yeah, there's still there's still human beings who are doing what sounds like not great things. Yeah. And need to jump at like 
jump into the 20, you know, 2020 and realize that they're behind the times on everything. And also like, you know, and it's that idea of like, you can't, you're, your heroes like usually disappoint you. Like, yeah. Did you, just you know, try you to find out stuff. Century, but you weren't sure if that was the right one. Absolutely, I did. <laughs> I um, absolutely, <laughs> I love absolutely it. was like, I don't know what day it is. I, 2020. <laughs> I was like, that's the twenty. We're in the twenty first century, right? <laughs> Which century are we in now? Who oh knows? my god! I, who knows? It's all blending in together, and <laughs> I just don't even know where to start and where to end. I feel like the world is just like every day. There's something new, and I don't like. Excuse me. I don't know. Oh. I did burp because I'm having a cherry buble. <laughs> oh, you go for it. You drink that Michael uh-huh. Buble cherry. I love them. God, they're so good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like 2020 is just the year that the the world went, hey, everybody pay attention and smart mm-hmm. up. <laughs> like That's what I love. Okay, so there's a lot going on in 2020. All of our lives are turned upside down. And what I love about what this pandemic did was it made everybody aware of what's going on. Yes. Because all of our eyeballs suddenly are on social media and Mm -hmm. everyone is taking this opportunity to rise up and speak and affect change. And it's like happening. Yes. And I I think that is too, because like you said, like people are home. People don't, we were trapped in our homes for four months with nothing to do too. And I think people had the time I feel like in normal life, and I've said this a few times, but we're all running around just trying to survive and live and, you know, try to work our work so we can make money so that we can afford an expensive apartment in Toronto. Or we're trying to do all of these things that we're so in our own heads that we don't have time to look around us. Yeah. And now everybody has that time to look around. And mm-hmm. it's so wonderful to see people like starting to like even people that you wouldn't assume would be like in like up for supporting certain things. And now they are because they actually can pay attention and, and understand what's going on is so incredible to watch. Yeah. Like, like, Oh, I didn't realize what I was saying was wrong. It's like, well, where have you been? Well, where have you been? Or like, or, or just see like being able to see that more and being like, this is wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and because social media is so prevalent now, having the opportunity to show those things so people can see being like, holy shit. Yes. Like what's happening in the world right now is awful. And it's, and also two people understanding what defund the police actually means is so interesting. Cause I think before people were like, what you want to take the police away? And you're like, no, My God, people are still willfully ignorant about that. Like, there are still people arguing and being like, oh, so you don't want your cops to show up when you're getting attacked? Like, first of all, the cops don't show up when you're getting attacked. They show up after, and they do nothing. Yeah, and also it's like, no, crimes will still exist. So, yes, we need the police. It just means I don't think they need $1.8 billion a year. Jesus Christ. And for the Toronto mayor to not only not decrease the funding, but to increase it by millions and then mm-hmm. beg the province and the and and the federals for um for bailout money. Like bitch, yeah. you just gave an extra few million to the pol- take that away from them and there's your money. Yeah, what are you doing? Uh, uh, you know, you know who I love that's in politics? I don't know if you know but Jill Andrews. Do you know Jill Andrews? Um, She's she my is a city um, council, right? Uh, no, she's an M- I believe an MPP. She's mine. She's oh. with the NDP. She's okay, okay. incredible. 
the work is she, she the does, one like, that fought for artists? Is she the one that made that big yeah. passion speech? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Yeah. She's incredible. I like, if you're listening, Jill, I want you on this podcast. I love you so much. Get her um, on. Reach out. She'll I know. On. I, I know. I'm sure I will. But it's just like, I love watching certain, like, and my counts, my Toronto counselor um, was the one who started the defund the police um, yes. f- for the city. So I was like, wow, I'm so proud. I'm very lucky to live in a good, in an area of town where my, all, all three governments are like incredible. Good for like you. they're all yeah, doing yeah. really good work, uh, and I've never been in. I've never been into politics as much as I have been now. Mm-hmm. Like in the Same. last, I would say two or three years, I've gotten like really into it. And I don't know if it was just it scared me for so long. Like, yeah, I would be overwhelmed by it for sure. Yeah, I think I was just overwhelmed, and like you said too, like in the last while, you've become much more political too. Yeah, and I think everybody has. Like, I know I say it's because I started dragging, but it's also, like, I think just the world. Mm -hmm. Because, like, Gen Z really cares, and, like, millennials really care, and, like, Mm -hmm. they're so vocal online that it makes you not help but be able to pay attention. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but... That does, yeah. You ha- like because the like, yeah. Gen Z millennials were loud. We're millennials, right? I'm a millennial. Um, I'm <laughs> technically a little bit more Jay Jay Z, uh, Gen Z. <laughs> no wait, Gen X. Gen no, X. No, Gen call. X. Yeah. So you're Gen X. So then I'm yeah, I'm a millennial. I think, but yeah, I feel like, and I think that's what has to happen is like generation through generation, it will get hopefully get better. I think that especially. Yeah. This new generation is, I think that the Gen Zs, as much as they make fun of us millennials, and I think that's rude, uh, I, I will say, do, I'll say doggo if I want to. Uh, <laughs> um, but I do feel that they're also inspiring um, with their passion, the like millennials, to also yeah. be like, oh yeah, because I think our generation too was so afraid of saying anything because a lot of times boomers would, hit you back with something so negative yeah yeah um but now because you kind of have the gen z's who are like i think they're pushing millennials now to speak out more i know for me i'm like yeah mm-hmm. i'm gonna speak out i don't care what anybody says mm-hmm. <laughs> why did one i care thing, for so long one thing i do want is for each generation to stop shitting on the last generation and stop shitting on the yeah. next generation like everyone's like oh these ones are so lazy but like these ones ruined our lives like everybody just, just like you can call out another generation without being like <laughs> millennials are yes. so doggo. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yes, yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, like just focus on the task at hand, which is fixing the systemic issues that have been in place for centuries, centuries. Let's fix it. Yeah. Let's break it down and rebuild it, baby. Let's do it. Yeah. Cause it's time. And, and it now is, there's no time like the present and now is the time. I gotta and say, hopefully... I can't wait for all the older leaders to die. Like, I just want <laughs> them all to die and be replaced <laughs> with the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of the world. Oh, she's wonderful. Like, yeah. she is incredible. I know, that's why I think I posted about her and Jill Andrews being like, this is the future of politics. Yes. Keep yes, your so eyes we need open. young women of color out yes. there fighting Please. for the right thing. Yes, and they're so passionate, and they don't take shit. And that's what I love, is they're not afraid to stand up to the old fucking white man who has yeah. been, you know, who who got there through whatever way he they got there. I don't know. I feel like people, you know, 
politics is a buy-in too. So, um, or like a family business. Um, but I feel like having them in there now and like them not taking shit from people just uh-huh. is so inspiring. Her speech about when the guy called her, a, uh, what's his, a bitch. he's got like a, a weird bitch. name too. Yeah. He called her a fucking bitch. He's like this weird name. It's like, how dare you? Dare you wouldn't you? even like, how dare you like mm-hmm. fuck off, man. Like you would never say that probably to anyone else, but she it's because so she's well young. Spoken. She is so well-spoken and she's so like, I can't believe you don't see any nerves from her when she's standing up to all these like old white people. You just don't see, she's so confident and so strong in her speech. Like I'm so impressed by her because she's a first, this is her first term. She's Mm -hmm. never been in Congress before. She was elected two years ago and like came in swinging. I'm so impressed by this kid. Yeah, she's incredible. And just also, I think what's the, what is different too is that she's also lived a life of like a normal life. Like, yeah. In terms of like working, how like she's a bartender, which you don't, yeah. you can't put shit, you can't put up with shit anyway when you're in that business. Right. So I feel like she's just got such a world, a worldly, um, worldly experience mm-hmm. that a lot of like these privileged old white folk who, you know, and I'm, I'm sure that there are some in there that are also wonderful and have also worked very hard to get where they are, but they are far and few between. Um, a lot of them, it's like, you know, they come from rich families who helped get them to where they are. And yeah. I don't know, wa- watching her come in and just like her face doesn't crack. She doesn't mm-hmm. get emo. She doesn't get emotional. She just mm-hmm. says, here it is. Here's how yeah. I, how, here's how you made me feel and think about this for a second. And then everyone's watching that going, oh yeah, she's making these incredible points that, yeah. you know, like, oh, it's, it's so, I have goosebumps thinking about it. I adore it's her. so powerful. I adore her, uh, her uh, for America, Jill Andrews for Canada. Let's make it happen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> AOC Anders ticket for complete North America. Like they should just take yes. over North America. They just they really should. I I'm gonna we're gonna patent this idea and we're yeah. gonna put it we're gonna make it happen. We're we're gonna make it happen. I'll find some sort of secret society who's into it. I don't <laughs> These podcasters are gonna change the world right now. Let's do it. Yes, we're gonna change it. Let's do it. Uh, if there's a secret society out there who's looking for some queer folks to give you some cool ideas, come to us. We got him. We got him. We got all the ideas. I always wonder how many secret societies there are in Canada. I bet there's a million. I'm sure there are, and I want to know all of them. Let us in. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) We're all. You and I also want to do a a version of Last Five Years. We can't end the pod without talking about this. Yeah. Yeah, I would love to. I be Jamie. Sorry, I be Kathy. You be Jamie. Yes. Oh, I love. I think it would be perfect. And also, what I found always really interesting about that show is um, Jason Robert Brown would he's put cease and assists on any queer version of that show. Is he actually? Yeah, on a, quite a number, especially if it's a if it's two women. Fuck you! What the fuck is his problem? I don't know. I think it's because he, from what I heard, was that he didn't want anyone to change the music. So, like, for a woman to sing Jamie's part, some of them were changing the key and stuff. But sometimes I'm like, it's just, I get it that it's based on your life, but I'm like, let people tell the story. It's just a good breakup story. Yeah, I'm sorry, but once it's it's no longer yours. 
Yeah. Like, so once he's, it's out I, there, it's put, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's put two seasons. I've looked it up. He's put at least two on two queer female versions of it. That's so, fucked up. I know. So we're going to have to do it, and I will prove that I can sing Jamie in the original key. Mm-hmm. Listen, so, let's just say... I mean, we put our names on it. It's it's uh, a male and a female in his eyes. He doesn't know who's playing which part. That's true. <laughs> we don't You're true. That's true. We don't have to tell him ever. I think we'd be so good. I think it would be so fun. I love that I musical. It is so beautiful because it's like, it's got humor. It's got beautiful music and such great opportunities for like great acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I say we do it. I say 2021. Yeah, 2021 is our year. The last... The last five years. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, there we go. (laughs) Why not? Right. Why not? I say, let's do it before the world blows up. Let's do it. (laughs) Okay. So what's your dream role? Do Do you have a dream role? role? Oh my gosh. Yeah. What's my dream role? Gosh, I don't even know. Like there are so many parts. Like, okay. If I were to do a female like lead role, I think it yeah. would be Gypsy Rose Lee. Like Mama Rose. Gypsy Rose Lee. Mama Rose, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mama Rose, sorry. Not yeah. <laughs> like, oh, make any sense. you wanna be a beaker. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> no, no, Mama Rose. I think when I'm like older, like in my fifties, I would want to play Mama Rose. Yeah. And then I think I would love to play there's so many see, I wanna play so many male roles like all of them of course yeah. i want to i want to be claude and hair i want to be bat boy Ooh. i want to be uh i want to be in urine town like uh-huh. i there and like bobby i really want to be bobby and company yeah oh yeah but, oh wait that's possible now did you know i know but they changed the key and then also oh. it's still i think she's still straight is she not yeah she's dating men yeah so i'm like yeah. i want to do a queer version of company and I want to play yeah. Bobby. I think the reason what? why they do that is because in company, there's a scene where one of the husbands hits on him. And I think they wanted mm-hmm. to keep that dynamic. So they, so right. they had one of the wives hit on her, but she's still dating the man. Right. Yeah. Crazy. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Well, maybe someday. What's your dream role? Um, the MC in Cabaret. Oh my gosh. You'd be so good. Yeah. I would love that. You'd be so good. Yeah, you'd be queer. so funny. You'd be yeah. so funny, though. Oh, that's a perfect role for you. Let's make that happen too. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do. Let's do cabaret. <laughs> yeah, let's do cabaret and gypsy rolled into one. Yes. Oh my gosh. Let's do a mashup show. Yeah, the MC narrates gypsy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. Let, oh my gosh, it'd be so fun. We should do. We should try to do a show at some point. That's like a mashup musical show. I think there's I something that. there. I think there's something there. There's something there. <laughs> All right, Selena, do you want to... wasn't there before. There Sorry, before. <laughs> no, 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 I love that. I was like, I'm into this song. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, my gosh. No, I was going to say, do you want to do some... Uh, I'm call- like, Somebody suggested the other day that I should call them quick cues with trick. <laughs> with trick? Are you a trick? Because I'm not. Like, But people sometimes call me trick because my name's spelled T-R-I... T-R-I-C-I-A as opposed to T-R-I-S-H-A. So instead of saying Trish, my friend Caitlin English called me Trick and then it just caught on. (laughs) But I I don't know. I I mean, it's kind of fun and different. Anyway, these are just some quick fun cues. So are you ready? We're trying to answer as fast as possible. Okay. Uh, Okay. I love, I love game shows. Let's do it. 
Okay, what's your biggest party fail? <gasps> party fail? Ooh, I don't have yeah. one. I'm perfect at parties. I'm really great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 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 great. If you could only lip sync to one song forever, what would it be? Lip sync to one song forever. Um, yeah. Oh my God, there are so many good ones. I think it might be... Okay, I can't do this one quickly. Um, I'm going to say <laughs> Lean On Me by Melba Moore. It is a really okay. good like ballad that mm-hmm. like her vocals are really like tame in the beginning and then it just goes like her vocals go really wild and there's a lot to play with there. I love it. Uh, if you could travel yeah. anywhere right now, where would you go? Oh my God, I think about this a lot. Right now, the place I want to go to the most is um, uh, is in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to zero in on Barcelona. Okay. Barcelona. I love that. Oh, wouldn't yeah. it be nice to travel right now? It'd be so nice. Oh my God. I want you so badly. <laughs> I've never like, I've never, I don't, I've never traveled really a lot in my life. And then now that I'm stuck, I'm like, I want to go everywhere. <laughs> oh, you got to go everywhere. Traveling is the fucking best. I know. I'm going to. 2021 is my travel year, I think. Yes, so that's I have money. <laughs> it's my as year, as, okay, twenty twenty one. As soon as we, as soon as the third wave is over. Yes, and we'll, and that hopefully will go by at a at a decent pace. Yeah, please. <laughs> okay, designing women or golden girls? Golden girls all the time. I'm wearing a golden girl shirt right now. Oh my god! <laughs> of course. I mean, I didn't know. I don't know why I asked. I was just like, I just want to see. Because I mean, I, I mean, it's always the Golden Girls. Okay then. Okay then. Since that was such a quick one. Okay, Dorothy, Rose, Sophia, or Blanche. Dorothy. Okay. When I was Why a kid, Dorothy? when I was a kid, it was Sophia, a hundred percent. Sophia's the yeah. fucking best. But as I grew older, I grew in a, a great appreciation for Dorothy and how quick mm-hmm. she is, and how um, I don't just think she's so funny. Like she gets oh, beaten gosh, down yeah. all the time, but she's also like the, the like one in control. It's very fun. Yeah, she's her. Her comedy, Be Arthur, is so mm. dry. Her timing is so perfect. Just it, a look. I, just a look. All she has to do just is give a look, a look or say yeah. one one word and you're uh-huh. dying. Uh-huh. I think f- when I've watched that show, I feel like I go through phases of who I like all of the yeah. time. Yeah. Like I went through a big Blanche phase. I love Rue McClanahan. They're I think all she's, the best. They're all so good. I mean, obviously, uh, Betty White is like, Betty White, but they're yeah. all they were all so good and so talented. Oh, we could talk about I could talk about it forever. Who's yeah. your favorite person on Y Y N R? <gasps> Phyllis. <laughs> so she's played by Michelle Stafford. Um, mm-hmm. She's this, I've always been attracted to redhead. So she's this uh, fiery, really evil. She's not really evil. She came on really evil, and then they softened her up, and now she's just like really dynamic. So she's this like right. really awesome, awesome redhead. I still remember her Emmy speech from 1997 when she won Best Supporting Actress in a Daytime Drama. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, I had it memorized. It's like never left my body. Remember when we did uh, when we did the musical con show and you did that that one scene <laughs> where you just yes. came out and riffed about <laughs> Young and the Restless? Yeah, I just completely improvised on the spot the plot of the Young and the Restless. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was so funny. It killed me every time. That and your Pooh song. Oh, my friend Danielle still talks about your song Pooh. It's a, I mean, it's a very relatable song because we all poo. It really is. I know. It's true. We do. We all poo. Uh, <laughs> speaking, uh, what's, what's the gayest thing you've ever said? Oh, my God. The gayest thing I've ever said. Yeah. Like, every time I speak, I say something super gay. <laughs> um, the gayest true. thing, this is an odd one. The gayest thing I've ever said is probably, 
Um, I'm in a YNR Facebook group and I fight with old women about homosexuality. (laughs) I was kind of hoping you'd say that. (laughs) Because I was like, that's pretty funny. (laughs) It does not get more gay than that. (laughs) Who was your first, like, celebrity crush? Oh, my first celebrity crush? Mm Mm-hmm. So, um, does it count? Okay, it's a straight one. Love it. And it's it's Michelle Pfeiffer, specifically in Grease 2. This is before... Mm -hmm. This is before um, Catwoman came out. Um, so it was Michelle Pfeiffer in Grease 2 as Stephanie Zanoni, ultra-feminist, leader of the Pink Ladies, mm-hmm. obsessed with her. Um, and then She's it was like perfect. Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. Um, <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer is an attractive woman. She's the, And she's so beautiful now, too. I, she's just so like... Oh, gorgeous. gorgeous. I love her. I I remember watching Grease 2 when I was a kid and being like, what Mm -hmm. are these feelings as she sings, I want a cool rider. Yes! Cool rider. Oh my God, that song, I could watch that song every day because when she climbs that ladder, you go, okay, I'm in. (laughs) Turning her her pink lady jacket inside out so the pink lining is on the inside and the black is on the outside. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, Okay, and last question. Okay, so you've just had like a really nice night the par- at a party. The party's ended. Everyone's going home and you were like, that was so fun. How do you want to be remembered like at the party? You're not oh. dead. A lot of okay, people okay. are thinking Ooh. they're dead. Okay. You're alive. You just like, how do you want to be remembered at like at like at the end of a party? I'm alive. Um, I would like to be remembered for the joy that I brought to the party and uh, my sick dance moves. (laughs) But you are a wonderful dancer and I love it. And I've loved this conversation. This has been just a delight. I love you so much, Trish. I do want to say... I love you too. Yeah. You have the perfect voice for radio. I've been listening to your (laughs) podcast and even the moments in the beginning where you intro the show Mm -hmm. without your guest there, I'm like, you belong on cbc like you're the next jill deacon or the next oh my gosh um, and marie tremonti like you just have that voice that's like comforting and soothing and and can deliver information in a way that i want to listen to it i oh, want you on the radio so nice well thank you that's very kind did you hear that cbc hi <laughs> give her a show give, give me a show East coast music show that's what I want to oh my to. gosh I would die I would die oh my gosh I would have the best time that would be so you should lovely pitch that. I should pitch that okay yeah. well here we are see you're always you you're go. always pushing me and I love that I know. <laughs> oh my gosh well Selena Nikki my love where can we find you where can we follow you Oh, I'm online um, mm-hmm. all the time. Uh, you can find <laughs> me on the Insta and Facebook at Selena Vile. There's no I in team. There's no I in Selena Vile. Uh, and at Selena Vile on the Instagram. Um, and if you go to and click on that, you're going to see a lot of links to donate to um, to the uh, the crisis in Lebanon and Beirut specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some queer communities who need help and are kind of the last ones to receive any funding over there. So um, if you're going to donate money, I would recommend donating it to the, the links in my bio that, um, uh, that donate to the queer community. Yes. Amazing. Thank you. Yes. I was going to ask you uh, what you want to shout out for support, but we will drop, uh, I will go on and I will find those links and I will drop them in the description for this week's episode. Yes, please, please help support the wonderful people in Lebanon, specifically Beirut. Uh, They have had um, 
a horrible tragedy happen. And, you know, and uh, especially on top of what's going on right now, we really need to help support who we can. Yes. Uh, Yes. yes, We got to support, 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 support. If you can, if you have the means or if not, just, you know, maybe give your time or, or share, share them as well. That's also great. Yes, please. Well, Selena, it's been so lovely, my love. I love you. I love you. Thank you so much for doing this with me. Thank you for having me. It's been so fun. Oh no, did I lose you again? <laughs> you didn't lose me, but you're you're <laughs> you sang, and because it cut out, I'll pro- for sure add this. But you could because you cut out, it sang, so it sounded like you were an auto tune. Oh, fun! <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> Okay, uh, I love you so much. We're going to have you on the podcast many times, I'm sure. I hope so. I'll talk to you any day. Yes, please. Okay, I love you. I love you. Selena Vile, everyone. Oh, my goodness. What an absolute delight. I was so happy to get her on the pod. I've known her for a very long time. I've known Nikki for a very long time. Uh, very happy. Oh boy. Check them out. You can follow them at Selena Vile on Instagram and Twitter. You can book them if you're looking for a wonderful performance, uh, as well. DM them, let them know, uh, they are wonderful and they will put on a show. You can, (laughs) you can follow the podcast on Instagram at one more round podcast. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at it's underscore Trisha Black or check out the website www.itstrishablack.com and like I said earlier we are now on Patreon oh my goodness if you're looking to support the pod and you're having a great time and you're loving it but you want some extra special goodies just for you uh, you can check out patreon.com slash it's Trisha Black uh, to support and your support is greatly appreciated um Truly, truly, I I don't know what I do without people uh, supporting. So, <laughs> so let me tell you, I'll 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 do anything for you. I I swear. Uh, so if you want to, again, big shout out to Emily Milling for being our first patron. We appreciate it. And if becoming a patron isn't for you, or you don't think you can do that, but you still want to support, we do have a coffee account ko-fi.com slash it's Trisha Black where you can buy us a coffee if you'd like um, and we'd appreciate it and I'll get the next round I promise thank you once again for tuning in to this week's episode of One More Round I really appreciate you listening and next week we have an incredible guest oh my goodness she is wonderful she played the lesbian vampire Carmilla it is Natasha Neglavanis Oh my goodness, I'm so excited to have her on the podcast. She is wonderful, and the way we met is still, to me, very, very funny. Tune in to find out how we met. (laughs) And of course, no East Coast Kitchen Party is ever complete without a rousing musical number to play out the night. So here is a song I wrote early in quarantine called Moved In With My Girlfriend Too Soon, the live edition. (laughs) Enjoy, and we'll see you next week. Stay safe. Love y'all. Money. As time goes by, you realize.